This is the Action Network Podcast. And it is good. <laughs> winner, winner, chicken dinner. Four. You got real talent. Don't concentrate on golf. Welcome to the Action Network Podcast once again, the golf edition presented by BetMGM. I'm Jason Sobel from Golf Bet, alongside, as always, my friend, Justin Ray, the head of content from the 15th Club, and Austin, Texas resident, where they are playing this week's WGC Dell Technologies match play. And let's first gloss over what happened this weekend, because honestly, it wasn't that exciting. I know some people are trying to figure out how to fix the Honda Classic, my answer is we've got a super season on the PGA Tour. Their term, not mine. There are 50 events. Some of them are not going to be elite events. That's yeah. just how it works. You can't have 50 elite <laughs> events in a 50-event schedule. And so if the one event on the Florida swing that's not great is the one opposite the first weekend of March Madness, okay. Yeah, it's got to happen somewhere. One of my favorite movies is Bad Santa, and Billy Bob <laughs> Thornton has a line in that movie where he says to the kid, Well, they can't all be winners, can they? And that's honestly, that's kind of the nature of it. You run out of space. And eventually, guys, you've got to take a week off. And unfortunately for the Honda Classic, that seems, I mean, this was, the, this was kind of the week, kind of a downfield. You know, all apologies to Matt Jones and his family. Matt seems like a fine man and an awesome performance by him. But no, it was not the most thrilling uh, of golf tournaments. Jones with a big lead and he just kind of hung on. It was a hell of a second flight, though. Brandon Hagee at yeah. 700 in second place. There were 22 guys within four shots of him. So, um, but a, a blowout win for Jones, um, you know, good for him. But yeah, not, not a super memorable week for anybody outside the Jones clan. So what you're saying is the Honda Classic is the Thermal Mermel, Thurman Merman of? Thurman Merman, yeah. Thurman Merman, okay. One yeah. of the better comedic characters yes. of the last Fantastic. 15, 20 years. One of my, just such a funny movie. One of yes. my favorite days right. of the year is the night I set aside after my wife goes to bed and I watch Bad Santa around the holiday season. Well played, well played. Uh, We will not linger too long on the Honda Classic. I thought the most impressive thing about this week, other than just Matt Jones winning, was the fact that Matt Jones went and shot 61 in the opening round, gained 10.49 strokes on the field, then basically blew that lead, was a handful of strokes. At one point, he was six shots behind Aaron Wise. I mean, it looked like, okay, now Aaron Wise is going to, run away with this thing. He's in control. And then Matt Jones not only grabbed the lead back, but took complete control of the event once again and put it in cruise control down the stretch, which it's tough to put it in cruise control and take advantage, take control of an event twice within a four-day span. And yet Matt Jones was able to do that. Yeah, speaks to the volatility of that golf course, right? And all the crazy things that can happen, all the water everywhere, the difficulty there. And you know, I mean, you got two guys who Jones and Wise who aren't week to week. They're not the most consistently great players on the PGA Tour at this point in either of their careers. Wise at the beginning of his, Jones on the other side of 40. So, um, yeah, that was definitely one of the interesting parts of it. Wise, you mentioned, had, what, a five, six-shot lead at one point on Saturday, and that evaporated pretty quickly. And then, you know, before you know it, Jones has hit the accelerator. I caught most of the uh, most of the broadcast on Sunday, and by the time I got to it, the thing was over. Matt Jones yeah. had it. Like you said, you know, basically no hand steering cruise control. It was it was a total coast to the finish. So I was, I just caught one thing. Mm-hmm. When we made our DraftKings team last week. I was criticized for my addition of Mr. Zach Johnson. 
And Zach Johnson finished tied for eighth place. Now, admittedly, I wasn't super confident in that pick. It was more of a salary cap kind of cram in there. But how about how about the veteran putting it together with an eighth place finish? A little bit of value there if anyone followed with our DraftKings team. When you say how about the veteran putting it together, are you referring to him or you? I mean, I was referring to Zach, but they both apply. <laughs> <laughs> well played, well played. Yeah, I, look, it was a bad DFS week. Uh, we did really well at the players. We did not do well at the Honda, and things happen. And so, yes, we, we'll make a DFS lineup later, and that is who knows what's going on with DFS this week. So we'll get into that. Um, let's go through these groups, and I'll go through sort of the way sure. the brackets are done as opposed to just group one, two, three, four, five. We'll go group one, 16, and kind of uh, meander our way through these brackets. And I've broken down the brackets so far. I know you have too as well, Justin. So um, I will start it off with group one, which – I think is one of the least exciting groups with uh, really not much competition there for DJ. DJ finishing 48th and 54th in his last two starts. I was looking for somebody to go out there and beat him. I still didn't pick him to win this group, but I'm not very confident in it. There's so many other group B or pool P, B, C, or D players that would have been um, had a better chance to beat DJ than Nob. Robert McIntyre or Adam Long. I went with McIntyre. I can see not. I can be talked into him. Adam Long hasn't played great. And of course, uh, you can just go with the even money favorite to get out of this group in DJ. What do you like? Yeah, I mean, Nas made it to the round of 16 twice in the last three years at the match play. Mm -hmm. He'd be the only guy who I would, you know, kind of lean towards that may give DJ a run for his money. But the top seed overall since the pool play format began in 2015 has a match record of 18, six and oh, I know one of the reasons that they went to this format is to get the top players more, you know, the more golf you play with better players, statistically, the more likely you're going to get the stronger players moving on. That was one of the reasons why they wanted to do that to not have Uh guys fly across the country, get ready and play, you know, have a big dog play one round and go home. So um, part of that strategy is working. I, I picked Dustin Johnson in this, in this, this week, you know, his ball striking wasn't great at the players championship, but he won here a few years ago. Um, I just, I mean, Nas, the only other guy here in the group that I could see winning, but I'm going to go with DJ. Yeah. Okay. I, like I said, I want Bobby Mack. I don't love it. Uh, I'll, I may switch to Nah by the time we get there. I just don't like how DJ's playing group 16, Sunjay M, Victor Perez, Mark Leishman, Russell Henley. I'll call this the underrated ball striker group. I was hoping to have an easier road to the Sweet 16 for Victor Perez coming off a ninth-place finish after making the cut on the number at the Players' Championship. This isn't the easiest road, but I still like it. I I still think Victor Perez not getting enough love uh, from the marketplace. He's 125 to win. I don't think he's going to win the whole thing, but I think he can advance here and maybe even get into the quarters or semifinals this week. Uh, Who do you like in this one? Well, first of all, how about Perez being the second highest seeded player in that group? Yeah. With the yeah. names Mark Leishman and Russell Henley, Perez is actually the second seed in that group behind Sung Jay. I'm going to go with Mark Leishman. He's made it out of pool play three times since 2015, um, since the, the, the pool play era started, uh, per se, in that, that time frame. He missed his last cuts. I really don't care. I think match play is a totally different animal. He's a guy who's had a lot of success in his career in this format. Sung J.M. and uh, Russell Henley, two guys who had really good weeks at the Honda Classic. Top 10 finishes there. Um, totally different golf course here, though. So I'm going to stick with Mark Leishman to get out of that group. All right. Uh, moving on to group eight. We are uh, we have not agreed on either of the first two groups yet. We'll see if we get one A banner start at some point. <laughs> group eight, 
Terrell Hatton, Lee Westwood, Sergio Garcia, Matt Wallace. This looks like a practice round, like Wednesday afternoon at Whistling Straits. Hey, we're going to go out in our, our four-ball pairings and knock it around a little bit with the European team. Uh, I'm going with the uh, – I guess he's not the senior most I, – I looked at him like the senior most player in this thing, but Lee Westwood is, of course. So, uh, I guess the second most senior player in this thing. Uh, Sergio Garcia, uh, I love his form. He was first-round leader at the players. He finished T9. I love his experience. He's making his 18th career start in this event, and I love the fact that he's playing a home game. Just like you, he lives in or around Austin, Texas. I, maybe just go knock on the door, see how he's feeling for me. De facto Texas at this point, for sure. I like, you know, we found a guy that we pick here with the, the same one here. I'm going with Sergio Garcia as well. He's reached the round of 16 seven times in his career in this event. The only player to do it more often is Tiger Woods, who's done it eight times. You mentioned that virtual home course advantage he's kind of having this week. Um, one of the most prolific match play guys in the last quarter century, as you know. Um, Wallace missed the cut last week at the Honda Westwood has kind of said he's out of gas, which I could totally believe 48 mm-hmm. and contending week after week, you know, by process of elimination, you know, Tyrrell Hatton, obviously a world-class player, but I'll go with Sergio to get out of this whistling straights four ball we've got for team Europe. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty cool. Uh, I know they didn't do it on purpose, but it's cool. Anyway, uh, group nine, not, Another one, not the best group here. Webb Simpson, who's had some struggles in this event. Paul Casey, who's played well. Mackenzie Hughes, Taylor Gooch. I, I was tempted to go Gooch here. He's played well recently, especially at the players, was in contention. Hughes, really good putter. I, it's just it's Paul Casey, isn't it? Yeah, it's Paul Casey for me, too. I mean, uh, another guy who's made the round of 16 seven different times in his career, tied for second most all time. Four straight top tens on the PGA Tour entering this week. Tied for fifth of the players. Got to love his form. Twelfth or better in all six of his starts worldwide. I see where you were going on Gooch. I mean, you basically, if you want to fill out a bracket and you want to go by the, the probabilities and odds of who's historically moved on, you're going to, you got to pick some guys 50 and lower to move on. Mm-hmm. Seven different times since this, is, this event has gone to Austin, a player seated 50th or lower has made the quarterfinals. So, I see where you're going, where you got to kind of pick one of those guys to make a run. I've got a few of mine a little bit later on in the bracket, but yeah, I'm with you. Paul Casey's the pick here. Yeah. Uh, group four, Colin Morikawa, Billy Horschel, Max Homa, JT Poston. We saw Morikawa sort of give Horschel the Heisman on Sunday afternoon at the concession <laughs> in the last WGC that was played about a month ago. Um, I, I love Billy in this format. I've always thought he'd be a really fun guy to watch in a Ryder Cup because he yeah. is so fiery, so emotional on the golf course. But again, I, I just feel like it's the same thing. Colin Morikawa is just too good. I know he hasn't played much match play, uh, really any match play as a professional, but uh, I don't think it's going to matter much in this one. Fourth overall seed, Colin Morikawa, the highest ranked player to make his debut since the 1999 match play, the first edition of this tournament. Um, I'm going to steer away Maggart from Colin. What, what's that? The Jeff Maggart year. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, but to have a rookie be that high, highly seated, obviously it's a product, the weird product of the pandemic. And then Colin wins the PGA championship, now WGC on top of that. So, uh, a weird way to get there. But I'm actually going to steer away from Morikawa here. I'm going to go with a player who's been really hot here the last few months, playing the best golf of his pro career so far. I'm going to pick Max Homa. There's some unknown there in that group. Um, but, you know, four top 25s in Max's last five starts including that win at Riviera, tie, uh, tie for 10th place at Bay Hill. 
I'm going to stick with Homa. He's making his debut in this event, but I say he gets out of it and gets the round of 16. Yeah, I don't mind that. Uh, Homa obviously has been really good. I think people are waiting for like, when's the Homa hot streak going to end? And it's like, uh, maybe he's just a really good player. I mean, maybe. Yeah, NCAA champion. Than, you know, he's a, he's a yeah. solid player. More than Absolutely. just a roast you swing on social media guy. So uh, group 13, um, another one that, you know, looks a little top heavy. Victor Hovland, Abraham Anser, Bern Wiesberger, and Kevin Streelman. I've got this one coming down to the Friday afternoon match. Wouldn't surprise me if Hovland and Anser are each 2-0 and going into their matchup on Friday. I've got Anser coming out on top. I just... I'm a huge Abraham Answer fan. I think he's got a ton of game. And I think that maybe the format of this one in that he doesn't have to climb a leaderboard and beat a whole bunch of other really good players in order to uh, get a high finish here. He just has to beat the guy in front of him each round. I, I think that'll help him out. So I've got him over Hovland in this one. I'm with you too. It was For me, it was down to Hovland and Answer, um, But just images of the best moment so far of Abraham Anser's career kept popping to my head. And that was his performance at the president's cup. Mm -hmm. He went three, one and one. He was the best player for most of the week um, for the international side. Um, You know, Hovland being a rookie in this event, you can kind of, you know, I don't want to have too many of these guys from the number one seeded group. Um, Since the pool play began, it's about 37% of the top seeded players have advanced out of pool play um, in their group. So you, you you're looking at, not too much higher than just a one in four chance. So um, I don't want to pick all top seeded guys. I don't want to go all chalk. Um, and there's reasons to like answers. Second in fairways hit this season, 16th in greens and regulation. I'm with you. I could see them both being two and zero going into that match and answer winning and moving on. All right. We're agreeing way too much. We need to find some disagreements here. Group five. Well, this next one, I think we're going to disagree. Okay. I'm going a little bit off the board. Okay, group five. Yes, you are. I know where you're going here. Bryson DeChambeau, Tommy Fleetwood, Siwoo Kim, Antoine Rosner, you know, you'll hear all about how Bryson is going to own an advantage hitting it so far past his opponents that he's going to be able to see their second shots in before he hits his. And I do think that's a big advantage. I do think that in match play, uh, he's going to know whether he has to go pin seeking or he can just hit one in the middle of the green because the other guy has missed the green. And so I I think that's a, a major advantage for Bryson. You're also going to hear about how Tommy Fleetwood doesn't care and has gone up against all sorts of styles of players and shown it in the Ryder cup and shown it in other events that he's a really good match play player. I I'm going to take uh, the speed and length over the experience. I'll take Bryson here. Okay. So like I said, statistically, you've got to have somebody really down on the leaderboard. And it feels like every year, the WGC match play, there's an international player that seemingly comes out of nowhere and plays really well. Like it was mm-hmm. Hideto Tanahara a few years ago, Lucas Biergaard knocked off Tiger Woods in the round of eight last year or two years ago, the last time this was held. I got to go with somebody down on the board. I'm going to go with this Antoine Rosner character. I don't know a ton about him, but I know he won the Cutter Masters two weeks ago. He has two wins in his last six starts worldwide going back to last year. That includes a ninth against a strong field in Dubai, a 16th in Abu Dhabi. I've got to fill out the board with someone way down there. Why not this super underdog, this the Oral Roberts of the bracket, Mr. Antoine Rosner? I know there's not a lot in common between a French golfer on the European tour and Oral Roberts University, but that's the kind of content you get here on this podcast. Oral Rosner. There you go. I like it. As you were talking there, and I didn't get a chance to get to it, but I was going to look up if Rosner has actually played in a PGA Tour-sanctioned event before. Maybe an open championship, which, of course, is PGA Tour-sanctioned, but – Obviously not 
on U.S. soil. I'm not sure. I mean, he he could be walking into a maelstrom of like, wow, you guys put a lot of cheese on your food and things like that, that the Europeans always seem to complain about. There's too much ice in my glass. It'll be interesting to see him over here playing. Uh, I do think he's a good player, though, and he's proven it on the European tour. So I like the, uh, the big plus money pick in group five. This is Action Network podcast producer Matt Mitchell here to tell you our friends at BetMGM have a great new sign-up offer for our listeners, a $600 risk-free first bet. Here's how it works. If you don't already have an account at BetMGM, just sign up, make your first deposit, and place that initial wager. If the bet wins, you get all the money. If it doesn't win, BetMGM will refund you in free bets up to $600. It's that simple. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. BetMGM has been a great podcast partner, and they've got all the features gamblers like us love, like live betting and daily odds boosts. Plus, they're compatible with BetSync, so when you place a wager at BetMGM, that bet can automatically be tracked in your action app. So open an account today and make your first bet risk-free up to $600. Just click on the link in this episode description to get started. Must be 21 or older and physically located in Michigan, New Jersey, Colorado, Indiana, West Virginia, Iowa, Virginia, Tennessee, Nevada, or Pennsylvania. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700 in Colorado and Nevada. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 in Michigan. 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. Or 1-888-532-3500 in Virginia. BetSync not available in Nevada. Thanks for listening. Now back to the show. Uh, group 12, Tony Finau, Jason Kokrak, Will Zalatoris, Dylan Fratelli. Give me your big hitting uh, shot makers in this one. Finau's got obviously a, a ton of offensive firepower. Tony Finau. Jason Kokrak, uh, very quietly, three top tens in a row. Fratelli, I was hoping, would get into a group that didn't have a couple of studs in there because he is a an Austin resident now, went to Texas. Uh, I think he could make some noise if he was against some guys who weren't as good as the guys he's playing against. But uh, my guy here is Zalatoris. Uh, he's not a great putter, but he is a great ball striker. He's just going to be in every hole of every match. He's not going to take himself out of anything. And I think that's going to lead to some well-thought wins uh, against these other three players. I'm with you here too. I'm going with Will Zalatoris as well. He has the most top tens and the most top 25s worldwide of any player since the beginning of 2020. Fourth on the PGA Tour in strokes gain approach, fourth in tee to green. He is not going to hit himself out of any of these matches. He's the most consistent young player in the sport. I think it's just a matter of time where he breaks through with a couple of victories Fratelli was tempting here for me, too. He did win a national championship with the Longhorns uh, back in the day in his amateur career, but I'm going to go with Zalatoris as well. Wow. We agree on Zalatoris. Uh, group two, Justin Thomas, Louis Ustazen, Kevin Kisner, Matt Kuchar. Now, uh, I read a, a very interesting tweet from Justin Ray earlier today that said mm. five players reached the round of 16 in each of the last two editions of the match play in 2018 and 2019. Three of them are in this group, and none of them are named Justin Thomas. And so there's some course history. I don't know if you knew any of this, but uh, apparently someone. I'll have to follow that Justin Ray character. That sounds like a real, just a, 
This is a really creative and espousing source of information that could be very helpful. I mean, if I'm going to blatantly rip off your stuff, at least I can credit you, right? I, you know, that was okay. Hey, it's appreciated. Not everyone does that. So, <laughs> uh, No, I thought that was great. And it was really smart. And it was great to look at that. And I love the fact that those three guys have found some success on this golf course. And they're not beating Justin Thomas. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm going the same way. I, I loved it. I love that I, I found that out. And I was like, so, of course, JT's going to win, right? I mean, after I, I, I extract that fact... Thomas is just – he struck the ball so well at the players. I mean, it was yeah. just an absolute stripe show. I can't pick against him. You know, he's kind of a pedestrian in this particular event in his career. His match record's just 7-7-0. Seven, seven and oh. But remember the Reiner and the President's Cups? His combined record is 10-3-2. Like, he's, he's been a stud. He looks like the guy who's going to carry the Americans in team events mm-hmm. moving forward, if I was to bet on any one guy to, to bank on that. Uh, he struggled on holes 14 through 18 here in uh, 2019. Didn't make a single birdie on those holes all week. Um, so, but yeah, I can't pick against him and not turn that around. I'm going with JT as well. We've got we've got a lot of common threads here, man. All right. Don't worry. By the way, on BetMGM, I believe JT is plus 130 to get out of this group. I absolutely love that number. Uh, another one uh, that you might not have had, JT has as many top three finishes this year as the other three players in his group have top 10 finishes this year combined. Just speaks to how good he's been, man. Just really, yeah. I know the, the past success in this event is not always super predictive. Kisner is a guy I love in any match play situation. Mm-hmm. Not really the same player he has been in the last four to six years. Um, I just, I'm with you. I can't see anybody beating JT. Yeah. And neither is Kuchar. Kuchar is not the same player. And Uste is, and I've given up. I'm, I'm not betting Uste is anymore. You have two chances to lose if you bet on him. One is he just doesn't play well. One is he doesn't play at all. And so for a guy that yeah. withdraws from tournaments as much as he does, you can certainly see him saying on Friday, hey, I'm 0-1-1 and I'm hurting a little bit and I don't want to, you know, overdo it and just not play in a round. So, look, the man I, travels know. with his own special mattress for his right. back. Like it's, it's problematic as I'm a guy with a terrible back too. You don't know. Some days I'm one bad move from being down for the count for two weeks. And I feel I like he's you. probably in that same kind of boat. I hear you. I hear you. Uh, group 15, Matt, don't call me Matthew Fitzpatrick. Matthew, don't call me Matt Wolf. Corey Connors and Jordan Spieth. I, I can't wait for that Fitzpatrick Wolf match when they walk down the fairway um, arguing over what the uh, better um, first name is, Matthew or Matt, because Fitzpatrick, true story. Uh, he has told the PGA Tour he does not want to be referred to as Matthew anymore. He's now just Matt Fitzpatrick. Uh, all of that said, I'm taking Jordan Spieth. I think his format is fantastic for him. The big numbers don't hurt as much. The birdies and bunches uh, matter a lot. And he's back in Austin, hometown of UT, where he should have some good vibes. For sure. Spieth, as well as he's played, he's the fourth-seeded player in this group, right? He's from the group four, the worst seed. He's 49th overall. But the way he's been playing the last month or so, if we're keeping all these basketball analogies going with the tournament, Spieth's like a top-20 team in the Kimpom rankings that the committee has made a 13 seed. They've really underseed like, and it's no fault of, of the setup of this term, but that is a tough draw. I mean, you and I talked about it last week, I think even, you know, anybody who drew Jordan in this series, I mean, look, he's the fan favorite in this town and there's, there's not a close second place. He's the guy. So there's going to be fans out there this week. Um, limited numbers, but still a presence. 
I'm picking Jordan Spieth to get out of this group as well. I think he's going to have a great week. If Antoine Rosner is Oral Roberts, does that make Jordan Spieth Loyola? Loyola, yeah. My sister Jean will come out there and help him out. I could see Spieth beating anybody on even any given day, just like I could see, you know, Loyola winning the whole thing. Yeah. By the way, because you mentioned Lucas Beauregard, who finished in fourth place a couple years ago. Uh, This could have been one of our five questions, because we're going to get to the five questions in just a couple of minutes here. Uh, But I I will ask you now, because I asked this of uh, Michael Collins, my co-host on Hitting the Green on Sirius XM PGA Tour Radio earlier today. Uh, Do you have a better chance at spelling Christian Biswadenhout or Lucas Beauregard? I think I can do both. Yeah. But I'll pick the air guard because I feel pretty confident in that. I, I can do both. The student which is has sign, more landmines for you to step on. Uh, the sign that, you, know, you, you and I spend Christian. Yeah. You and I spend too much time like writing out players' names like this and work on I you know, we're not right. uh, we're not the sample size to be giving this question to. <laughs> um, Collins had no shot at either. Uh, no chance. Double A in Christian and in Beauregard, I think is what most people would trip over. For sure. Now, if you've got to get, you know, I always miss like the tildes and the different aspects to the, yeah. then you're throwing it all in a loop because I've got no idea. I'm, I'm so, I'm way too Americanized to, to know all the nuances there, but I, th- I think I could get beer guard, but Zudenhout, there's, that's a lot of vowels, man. I don't know. I'm probably, I'm looking at it right now and I don't think I can. Get I, I think you'd get it. By the way, in the PGA tours show revealing all the brackets, uh, our boy Jonathan Coachman referred to him just as Christian. Uh, I can't say his last name, Christian B. And just went on from there. He didn't even try. I was like, yeah, that's great. <laughs> I, I, I'm going to steal that move. So we got Patrick Reed, Joaquin Neiman, Christian B, and Bubba Watson. Uh, it's a it's a Ryder Cup year. Patrick Reed loves this stuff. He gets fired up for it. Uh, I, I think Ms. Weidenhout is a good player, and I think this could be a good format for him, but I'm sticking with Reed. I was kind of tempted to go with Bubba Watson here because he's got a lot of like a sneaky strong record, including winning this event a couple of years ago, Mm -hmm. but I'm not going to overthink this. This is Patrick Reed. This is his group to win. Uh, Like you said, in a Ryder cup year, we know what he's been capable of in match play throughout his career. I also think he's at a point in his career where he is, his game will arc towards Augusta national. And I think that's probably where he is in his game right now. Um, Had the big win at Torrey Pines earlier this year. Um, I'm picking Reed. We've got another another similar player on the round of 16 line. Okay. I think we can get a different one here. Group 10, Patrick Cantley, Hideki Matsuyama, Carlos Ortiz, Brian Harmon. Three very sort of level-headed guys on the golf course. Three guys who don't show a whole lot of emotion out there in Cantley, Matsuyama, and Ortiz. Now there's Brian Harmon, who's sort of like a mini Kisner. He's a figurative bulldog and an actual bulldog having played at UGA coming off a T3 at the players. I'm going to go with the pool D player, the D flight player in this thing. And Brian Harmon, uh, just nipping at the heels of the other three guys in this thing. And just as you tee it up is we're going to have a different player here. The name written down on my sheet highlighted is Mr. Brian Harmon. He's made one appearance in this golf tournament. It was in 2018, got to the round of 16, He's in the top 25 on the PGA Tour this season in strokes gained putting, his best ranking in that statistic in the last five years, coming off a tie for third at the players, 13 made cuts and 14 starts this year. I think he's having kind of a renaissance year in his career. I think he picks off a win this summer at some point, not mm. necessarily this week, but 
I picked Brian Harmon, the D player, to get it out of that group too. Can't believe you're. We do not share notes. notes beforehand. Or, or maybe I copied yours. The I don't know. Research packet, none of that stuff. All right, here's I, we're going to have another one here. I, I have a feeling we're going to go in the same direction here. Group three: John Rom, Ryan Palmer, Shane Lowry, Sebastian Munoz. Uh, Shane Lowry is dead to me after he he was my <laughs> favorite outright play last week at the Honda Classic. Got himself into second place on the weekend at one point on Saturday and finished in 38th or something like that. I don't know. I stopped paying attention to him. I erased oh, him man. from every leaderboard. You know, you can like on the PGA Tour leaderboard, you can put a star next to the guy's name. Like he's one of your favorites and you can follow him. So it's great for betting on players. When, when you're betting on a guy, you can have a star uh, and then you can watch him a little more closely. I want something opposite of that where it just erases his name completely and I never have to see him for a little bit. Not, not for good, but for, give me a few <laughs> weeks off of Shane Lowry. Uh, please. Uh, if there's one How bad that, is that feeling? Because I do oh, the same thing on yeah. the app. When you wake up Saturday morning or like sometime early in the day Saturday, you open up the app and you've got like five of your six dudes have cut next to their name. You're like just <sighs> un, unstarring the fallen soldiers <laughs> for the next two days. That's when you, you make your weekend lineups. You can star them. And now you make your weekend lineups and you feel good about yourself. They all made the cut <laughs> because you're picking guys just for the weekend. So Did, uh, did you make your pick or did you just – just throw Shane Lowry. I, I did not make a pick. I just buried Shane Lowry for a bit. By the way, uh, one positive from Shane Lowry, Padraig Harrington did a wrap-up video of his week. He was at Shane Lowry's house. And uh, towards the end of the video where Padraig was, you know, talking about the course and how he played and, you know, very golfy type stuff, Shane Lowry fully dressed as a cannonball into his pool in the background. So um, he got back Excellent. in my good graces just a little bit based on that. And I'm taking John Rom. How's that? That's good, Juju. Moving forward, the cannonball fully clothed. That's good yeah. for that's good for vibes with the Ryder Cup captain there with him. Yeah, I'm picking Rom as well. Um, I, I have Rom winning the tournament this week as we as we move forward. Oh. Disclosure there. Uh, made it to the final here a few years ago in his debut. Seven four and two match record, despite not getting out of pool play in 2018 or 2019. Obviously, we talk about this guy every week. No weaknesses. Does everything well. Six top ten finishes in his last eight starts worldwide. Um, I really like the way that the bracket works out for Rom. I'm, I feel very good about um, the other, you know, biggest names in his kind of region, if you will. You know, I don't, I don't have Berger moving on. Xander, Rory has been playing well. I think it sets up really well for John Rom in the bracket, and I've got him moving on. Yeah, I thought for about three seconds that, you know, Ryan Palmer was his playing partner, his actual partner, not just playing partner, at the Zurich Classic where they won together. If some guy's going to – sort of know his little secrets and not be scared to go knock him off. It could be Palmer. Uh, I don't think that matters though. I, I just think John Rom's too good for this one. Uh, group 14, you mentioned Daniel Berger coming back uh, in theory after that rib injury last week. We'll see yeah. if he actually tees it up. Uh, Harris English, Brendan Todd, Eric Van Royen. I hate this group. I don't want to pick anybody, but since we have to pick somebody, uh, I don't want Berger off the injury. Harris English has done nothing since winning at Kapalua. Brennan Todd has done not much this year. He's, he, I, I can see him winning this group. He doesn't have a top 10 yet this year. Eric Van Royen has been very disappointing. Uh, I'm officially on the record as taking Van Royen, but I could be talked into Todd here as well. Yeah, I, I went through the same process of elimination you did. The burger injury scares me there. Um, you can see him, depending on how strong he feels, WDing. A couple weeks from the Masters, you'd imagine he's not going to push it um, if he can't go. Harris English hasn't played in this tournament in six years and doesn't have a top 25 since Maui. Brendan Todd doesn't have a top 10 since December. So 
I said I'd like to have a couple of guys 55 to 64 moving on, and that's where Eric Van Royen fits in. Wow. I, I don't feel awesome about it, but I'm picking Eric to move on out of his group. You and I have way too many similar picks without really having do. spoken to each other at all. Uh, group six, can you say Shoffley Scheffler five times fast? Shoffley Scheffler, Shoffley Scheffler, no. Yeah, no. Is two and a half. That? Okay, wow. The over-under on Justin Ray is two and a half Shoffley Schefflers. Uh, there with Jason Day and Andy Sullivan. I'm not taking Shoffley or Scheffler. Jason Day quietly having a really nice year, sort of a little renaissance of his own. Um, he's won this event in both 2014 and 2016, the latter of which was at Austin Country Club. The three years he played since then, nothing great, but still, like I said, playing sneakily good golf so far this year. I'll take him. All right, so I also have Day, but I'm scratching it out because I don't like that we have the same player every, <laughs> every, every time we go through this. This is getting ridiculous. I'm going to go now on the fly, call it audible at the line of scrimmage, scrimmage, Omaha, Omaha. I'll go with the Longhorn Scotty Scheffler solely because I have to give a reason to pick one of these other guys, and I want to audible off of Jason Day for the sake of, of changing it up. So All give right. me Scheffler. Well, I hope Day wins this whole thing now and ruins your bracket <laughs> just because you picked you didn't pick him because I have him. Yes. Uh, getting to the last group, Group Eleven, Rory McIlroy. Some news coming out of uh, reported by James Corrigan of the Examiner, I believe, said that Rory McIlroy is going to uh, start working with noted swing instructor Pete Cowan. I know he's kind of gone to Cowan a few times, just sort of, hey, what do you think? But this seems like more of a definitive partnership. That said. I don't see that paying dividends right away. And Rory did not seem like he was on his game last time we saw him. He is with Cameron Smith, Lonto Griffin, and Ian Poulter. It is a Ryder Cup year, so you'd think Poulter would be fired up for this, but I think this is a good spot for Cameron Smith right here. I have Cameron Smith as well. It hurts because wow. not, not now this doesn't hurt because you have the same pick. Two of my favorite players to watch in match play, especially at the Ryder Cup. Um, are Rory and Ian Poulter. Just, they're so exciting and so many big moments over the years in the Ryder Cup. Um, but I'll take Cameron Smith, top 20 on tour this season in scoring average. You know, won that big singles match in the President's Cup against Justin Thomas. That's probably my favorite moment from his, his career so far um, as a professional. So I've got Cameron Smith moving on as well. I'm glad I audibled out of, out of day or else we would have – like this whole side of the, this whole yeah. region, we yeah. have the same. Yeah. Wow. Sorry, folks. We, we did not mean to do this. I, we started off with the first two groups and we had nothing the same. And I'm like, man, we don't agree on anything. And then we proceeded to agree on 12 of the next 14 or something Please, like Antoine that. Antoine Rosner. Come on, baby. Let's go. Let's have a career <laughs> week in Austin, Texas. I'll buy <laughs> you barbecue, bro. Let's do it. By the way, and for those listening, remember, it is a Wednesday start this week, not Thursday. I believe the first match kicking things off on Wednesday morning is Rory McIlroy and Ian Poulter getting things started. So it could be that some early suck. fireworks. Yeah, that could be uh, really good. All right, uh, let's get to it. We won't, we won't go through like the whole round of 16 and quarters and semis, but just uh, give me your final four and your overall winner of this thing. I got uh, Sergio Garcia making a run to the final four. Mm-hmm. Uh, love him in this spot, um, especially, you know, living. He's, he's going to sleep in his own bed all week. I got Will Zalatoris having a big week here. I mm. think this is his introduction You know, if you're a golf fan, you know who this kid is because of how consistent he's been over the last year and a half, two years climbing up the ranks. But I got Will Zalatoris in the final four. 
I got Patrick Reed making a Ryder Cup-esque type performance. Yep. Uh, but getting knocked off by John Rahm in the semifinals, and I've got John Rahm winning the whole thing. All right. I, I like those a lot. I am not too far away from you. I've got uh, Abraham Answer and Jason Day each reaching the semifinals. I've got Jordan Spieth as a – sorry to do this to you, Team Spieth, but another heartbreaker for Jordan. He will lose in the final to my overall winner, Sergio Garcia. That's a local showdown, basically. Exactly. I mean, Sergio and George, it's like. Sergio's basically a hometown boy now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) I mean, it's, you know, it's UT against the resident. It's, you know, hey, let's talk barbecue and let's talk about what's going on in in the city. So, uh, yeah, I I think it's going to be good. I I will say this one thing. Two years ago, we saw Kevin Kisner, as we mentioned. He was 60 to 1. Bubba Watson the year before was 50 to 1. What that's proven is you can dig a little deep here. Uh, I don't know that I would. Be going after Antoine Rosner to win this whole thing. No offense. Round Justin. of 16. I got him in the round of 16. <laughs> that's it. But no, seriously, I, I do think that you can chase uh, a couple of prices this week. So Sergio at, I believe, 40 to 1, he has opened at. Uh, I like that number. I like going after Spieth. Uh, John Rom, certainly not a bad play. He's never a bad play. Let's get to our five questions before we make a DFS lineup, which uh, who knows how that's going to go this week. Uh, <laughs> talk about, well, I mean, sheets. based on our insimpatico pick so far, it's going to be pretty turnkey. No. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I'm trying to figure out how this DFS thing's going to work. So uh, five questions I'm asking, you're answering. Five minutes, five questions you never asked. I got to be honest with you. I get a little irritated when somebody calls me away from my golf. This is five under. Uh, number one, other than the Ryder and President's Cup every year, the world's top players compete in one match play event each year. Is that number too many, not enough, or just right? That's a good question. I, th- I would love to see maybe one more, you know, maybe sometime at the maybe opposite half of the schedule. Um, I know the European tour has the Paul Laurie match play, which mm-hmm. doesn't attract a, a super elite field, but is always a fun event. Um, and it's usually played in a link style setup, as you'd imagine Paul Laurie from Scotland, it would be, um, you know, I, I, I love watching match play. Um, I think if we have too much of it, it might, you know, be a little bit of overkill. Um, you know, I think maybe they could have some kind of combination stroke match play for the Zurich. And I think it might be fun if they, if they okay. kind of turn that into sort of a hybrid event, that might be a good spot, but yeah, I'd love to see one more, especially with the world's best players. Uh, my problem with it has always been that it's the inverted pyramid of golf tournaments. And that's a journalism term when you're, uh, as you know, people listening might not know, but it's, you know, get all your who, what, when, where, why, how in the top of the story, and then kind of work your way down from there. And so I, I always felt like it was, the only tournament of the year that was more exciting on day one than the final day. You know, we're all excited about, Hey, Thursday morning, it's masters, you know, the masters is starting and the guys are out there and it's great, but it ain't better than the back nine on Sunday. And so the match play was the one where it's like Wednesday afternoon, man, this is so cool. There are all these matches. There's so much stuff going on. And then you get to Sunday and you're like, ah, Henrik Stenson, Jeff Ogilvie are still walking down the fairway five minutes later. And you're like, let's go guys. I mean, it's just not that exciting. People who say they'd like to see a major championship like the PGA uh, as a match play of it. It's just, uh, trust me, uh, you say that and it gets to the weekend. And if it's not Rory and DJ on, uh, in the Sunday final, it, you're just not paying as much attention as you think you would. So based on that question, number two, 
Are you a round robin guy or a single elimination guy? You know, I was really skeptical of the round robin format when it started. Um, I don't think it's totally won me over. I think I, I see a lot of positives in it now. Um, I think the field is inherently stronger because you're promised three days. Um, something like 27% of the players to move on from pool play lost a match at one point in those first three days. So you, I think the pool play promises a stronger field overall year after year. There'll be few guys dropping out. That being said, the excitement of that one and done type feel that first Wednesday of match play was awesome. I mean, I, that was one of my favorite days of the year just as a sports fan, because it was so unpredictable, so much golf going on with the world's best players. I'm not as anti pool play as some people are, but I still would lean towards the single elimination format. Yeah. I think that if you ask most fans, they would say single elimination. I think what this format tells us is that the fans are pretty low on the priority order. It goes players and, you know, they certainly, uh, they have, they have given players a way to travel halfway across the world and not have to leave at three o'clock on Wednesday afternoon that, you know, you will get three full rounds of golf in if you choose to make this journey here. And for some players, they are going halfway across the world, which I understand um, they're doing it for the TV rights holders. Uh, if you get all your big names knocked out on Wednesday, it's really tough to get people to watch Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And so uh, they're ensuring that they at least get those guys coming back and maybe, uh, win a match Thursday and Friday after losing on Wednesday and getting into the weekend. Uh, and, and it's for the, uh, it's for the sponsors as well, you know, who obviously have a, um, an investment in how the ratings are and, and how the interest is over the weekend. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm more of a single elimination guy, but I think there are very good business reasons for the PGA tour to go to pool play instead. Uh, question number three, you're a data guy. Uh, how much can we or should we read into an individual player's match play record when making our picks this week? Huh. Um, I think it, it may depend on the collective sample size. You know, I think if you've got a player who has really established himself to overperform in match play situations like Ian Poulter throughout his career, mm-hmm. Paul Casey is a good example of that in this event. Um, Patrick Reed, probably to a lesser extent in this tournament, but overall throughout his, you know, the Ryder Cup and the President's Cup. Um, Justin Thomas has got a pretty strong, you know, match play record through his success in, in team events. I think if you've got a, a larger sample size, and this is the case really when you're answering any kind of question when you're looking at information, you know, consider the amount of rounds there and what the difference in, you know, the differential might be um, from his baseline performance and what he's shown in match play. Um, I think you can take a little bit of stock in it, but at the same time, the sheer unpredictable nature of golf makes this makes the past performance in match play less predictive than I'd say in some other sports, whether you're looking at, you know, a starting pitcher splits against certain types of hitters or quarterbacks tendencies against defenses or something like that. I, I think that I would err on the side of where it matters a little bit um, and more so if there's a big sample size to draw from. Yeah. Well said. I, I like that a lot. Uh, question number four. You can take this in whatever direction you would like. University of Texas located, of course, in Austin. Who is the best ever men's golfer to play at that school? Oh, wow. The best men's golfer to play at that school. I mean, so I'll tell you a story real quick. I used to work for a few years. I worked at Longhorn Network during my time at ESPN. Mm -hmm. And there's a wall in the building um, where if a former 
longhorn athlete, you know, pro whatever comes in, they sign it. And so Tom Kite had come in a few weeks before and signed the wall. And he was really friendly. It was great to get to meet him. And a few weeks later, Ben Crenshaw came in. And the first thing Ben asked me was, where did Tom sign? And I showed him, oh, Mr. Kite signed right here. And Ben goes three inches above Tom's name and signs it. And it was <laughs> awesome. It was my, one of my favorite moments in, that I've had working in TV. It was like, these two dudes are still, they were teammates, won a national championship together. They're still going at each other. Um, Spieth's on his way. I think I still have to lean Crenshaw. Justin Leonard had an amazing amateur career mm-hmm. um, and a pretty sneaky, deep pro career too. Justin Leonard's a really good player. Man, uh, I'll, I'll probably still stick with Crenshaw. I will say that Ben Crenshaw also, and you know, I haven't been around that long, but I've been in this business for a while. Ben Crenshaw is the all-time leader at using your name when he doesn't know your name and like sneaking a look at your credentials. So uh, peeling back the curtain, you guys have all seen this uh, when you're out on the road and you know, there's a, a writer talking to players, we'll wear a credential around our neck and it has a picture and our name on it. It says where we can go and what we can do. And so on the handful of occasions that I've spoken with Ben Crenshaw, he's been very, very nice and very willing to talk about anything you want to talk to him about. And every single time I've talked to him in the middle of a sentence, he will kind of give a little look down and not enough to like where he's staring at it going, who is this guy? But just a little glance. And then a minute later he's talking, he goes, so, you know, Jason and go from there. He, he has no idea who I am, but he, and he's done it with other people that I know where he just gives that little look. And then he brings you in as if, you know, Hey, we're old friends here and I can use your name. I know who that's you are. a veteran play. Well, that's a veteran that's a play with a media member. Ingratiate yourself by making him think that you were, he remembered your name or some other time he talked to you. That's a great yeah. way to do it. He walks away going, what was that guy's the nicest guy in the world? He'll tell you anything, you know? That's, that's perfect. Yeah, it doesn't no, take I, much I, to win us over. Yeah, exactly. I've had nothing but good experiences with Mr. Crenshaw over the years. Not very many of them, but they've all been positive. Yeah, same. Uh, question number five. For all of the players in this week's field who are listening right now, maybe some guys who, you know, they don't make it out of the group stage, but they want to stick around Austin and hang out for a few days. You are the chamber of commerce there. You are running, uh, running the city there, of course. So what should they put on their to-do list for this weekend? All right. My favorite, I man, I better get some free meals out of this. My favorite <laughs> restaurants in Austin, Texas, uh, Jack Allen's kitchen has got three or four different locations it's unbelievable American food, amazing cocktails, great, unique atmosphere, um, really cool place to eat. Uh, my two favorite barbecue places, you know, uh, Franklin's gets the most love nationally. Um, I think President Obama visited, uh, other presidents have been there. Franklin's is amazing. The Salt Lick is also very good. It's kind of off the beaten path. It's in a town called Driftwood, but they have, you walk into the Salt Lick and there is this fire meat pit thing that i can't accurately describe with mere english words its beauty is something that you'll carry with you the rest of your life going forward um nightlife i really love rainy street really cool area downtown it's kind of kind of lower key you know sixth street is beyond the age of 23 you do not want to be on sixth street rainy street is more they're, they're like houses that have been converted into bars and it's a really cool area downtown it's walking distance from a lot of the hotels um, those would be my first spots. Um, if you want to go have fun and play a unique golf course in the middle of downtown, 
I've played Lions Municipal about 30 times probably in my life. Um, it's been around forever. It's super short. I mean, I don't even think I hit driver walking around there. Um, that, that place is a blast. I could keep going, keep going. I, I, I love the city. I love living here. Um, I could have lived anywhere in the world with this job and my wife and I wanted to live in Austin, but um, you know, come to me more for my, I'll have a, I should have an episode. I feel like I need an episode with Bourdain to go to all the different, you know, <laughs> the late Anthony Bourdain to go to all the places I'd want to eat in Austin. But um, honestly, the food here is unbelievable. Um, no matter where you try it, you're probably going to hit a home run no matter where you go. I will tell you, I think I might've mentioned this on the pod to you, maybe like the first time we were doing it um, a few months ago, but this is probably four years ago. I want to say this was like the DJ over ROM year, but in any case, uh, the first night we were there, uh, myself, Michael Collins, and Rex Hoggard from Golf Channel went out and got some barbecue. Yeah, just right down the road from the course. Hey, barbecue place. We're in Austin. We got to get barbecue. Went in, had some barbecue. Very good. Go back to the course the next day, start talking to some locals. So, yeah, we went out for barbecue to this place. Oh, yeah, that's good. But you got to go to this place. It's like 15 minutes away. So, okay, cool. So, the next, that night we go out. Oh, yeah, that was even better. 15 minutes away. Go back in the next day, tell someone, oh, we went to this place. Oh, yeah, really good. But really, you got to go to this place about 40 minutes away. Go 40 minutes away, like in the middle of this field, there's like this restaurant with nothing else anywhere near it. We're like, okay, fantastic barbecue. By the time we got to the end of the week, we were driving an hour 15 to eat at a gas station. <laughs> that was the best barbecue I've ever had in my life in the middle of completely hey, no lot of great a lot of great tex-mex and barbecue served out of gas stations in the state of texas i mean some of the best you'll ever find fantastic so, so <laughs> hopefully some of the players get to make a long drive for some gas station barbecue this week i highly recommend it great experience there so uh we're gonna make our dfs lineup in just a minute uh before we move on here I want to tell you about our friends at Athletic Brewing Company, makers of America's most flavorful non-alcoholic beer. Listen, guys, the Masters is just around the corner, just a couple of weeks from now. Justin and I are here to help listeners like you make smart, rational gambling decisions. But if you go out there and get totally hammered on a case of IPAs and start eyeballing the board, you're going to catch a case of bet regret. You know you will. You'll be out there on the town shirtless betting thousand and one shots saying things like vj singh has at least one more masters in them it's a recipe for disaster so if you're thinking of taking it easy on the booze this april and celebrating the return of spring with just some nice level-headed gambling athletic brewing's award-winning beers are a great option for years now athletic brewing has been making great tasting beers that celebrate the innovation of great craft beer but without the alcohol so if you want to support the show Head to athleticbrewing.com, check out their selection, and place an order using code ACTION15. That's right, ACTION15. This gets new customers 15% off their first order. And if you order two or more six-packs, shipping is always free. That's athleticbrewing.com. Use the code ACTION15 on that first order and enjoy great taste while keeping your gambling edge. Let's get to our DFS lineup this week. We do it every week. Every other week seems like it's a little easier than it is this week, though. Want to be a DFS millionaire? You're just one lineup away. We're going to go nose to nose with him, and you're going to play better than you ever dreamed of. Because, God damn it, that's what I demand of you. So let's get drafting. Uh, this week, boy, I, I've read through the rules on DraftKings, Justin. I, I get, like, it's there's bonuses for finishing matches early. There's bonuses for winning a certain number of holes in a row. 
I, I don't know how you can sit there and look at the board and say, oh, so-and-so, he's going to win a lot of holes in a row this, this week. I, I just think it's, hey, guy happens to do it. I mean, maybe you look at a player like Jordan Spieth who makes birdies in bunches. You know, that, that could be a formula. But really, you want to find guys that are going to advance and p- keep playing. The more you play in this event this week, uh, the more points you'll keep accumulating. So with that said, uh, let's get after it. Um, you want to make the first pick? Sure. Uh, I'll get started with Cameron Smith. And we talked about how we think that he's the man to beat out of his, his group. Uh, 8,500 seems like a good value to me there. Um, you know, I think that's a good way to start off the team. Cam Smith. All right. Uh, I'm going to look for guys that we think we both think are going to win their groups that aren't necessarily highly priced. Uh, we will get to guys I think that are, are going deeper in this event, but I'll give you one guy that uh, we both said his name, Brian Harmon. Uh, just like a, a bulldog like nipping at your ankles all week. He's got to beat Cantley, Mat, uh, Matsuyama, and Carlos Ortiz. And at his price of 7200 I think that's a nice play. Absolutely. Play great at the Players' Championship. Made 13 out of 14 cuts this season. I espouse the reasons why, but you know, I think he's the man to beat. Uh, or not the man to beat, but he's the guy who's going to come out of that group. I like that. Um, I'll go with a guy who we both have getting into at least the final four. You've got him winning the whole thing. Sergio Garcia. We talked about him, uh, his success throughout the years in match play. Only one player has made the round of 16 more all time than Sergio Garcia has. He's done it seven times. Tiger's the only one with more with eight. Uh, Sleeping in his own bed this week. Uh, Let's go with Sergio Garcia. 8,300. Cam Smith actually cost more than Sergio this week. So we've still got some money to play with. Uh, I'm going to go with a D player who's more than each of them, and that's Jordan Spieth. We've talked all about him throughout the pod. At 9,300, I think he's a really good play this week. Yeah, got to agree. We talked about all the reasons why. His iron numbers are the most promising thing to me. But, you know, we always talk about Jordan at his peak. I think he was underrated as an iron player because he was such a good putter that, you know, conversationally you'd say, oh, this guy makes everything around the greens and holds all these putts. Really, he was top five iron player in the world at his peak. So, um, yeah, no, I, I'm with you there. Uh, I'm going to go with another guy who you're very high on and I audibled out of. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll come back to him for the DraftKings team. Jason Day at 8,400. I think that's a pretty good value. He's yeah. just a, he's between Cam Smith and Sergio Garcia. He's won this golf tournament twice at two different courses, including here a few years ago. Um, let's go with Jason Day, and I've left you with 8,300 on the books. Yeah, which is a nice number to have. Uh, I do have Abraham Answer out there at 7,700, and I really like him. Uh, but we both have Will Zalatoris moving forward, so I will go Will Zalatoris at 7,900, leaves 400 on the board. Who the hell knows what's going to be a good DraftKings lineup <laughs> out of this thing this week? But Jason Day, Sergio Garcia, Brian Harmon, Cameron Smith, Jordan Spieth, Will Zalatoris at least feels like that could be a really good play. I don't mind, by the way. Oh, no, you can't do it. I was going to say switching out Harmon for answer, but that leaves you uh, $100 over, so I guess you can't do that. you got to play with some other stuff there. So, oh, well, keep that line Just up. Just let the record show. I didn't leave you with the fact that you didn't have to take Antoine Rosner with your last pick. We left enough money to where there were choices remaining on the board to where you didn't have to go with my deep sleeper to move on to the round of 16. Those will be on your personal uh, list of picks this week, the Antoine Rosner pick. I, I don't know. I mean, maybe, maybe, you know, who knows? In fact, just looking at the math, already. man. I got to go deep with somebody and that, that piecing it together. Maybe he gets out of that group. Yeah. Why not? I, I like taking a shot this week. Why not? We've already seen 
Uh, Oral Roberts, we've seen Loyola. We saw Abilene Christian get past Texas. Uh, bad week for Texas so far. Maybe a guy like Jordan Spieth or Scotty Scheffler could make it a better week for them coming up. Remember, get your bets in. This thing starts on Wednesday this week, not Thursday. So you've only got a uh, little time to pour over all the research and analysis that we have at Golf Bet and that Justin has at the 15th Club. So thanks, everybody, to listening to the Action Network podcast presented by BetMGM. Good luck with all of your bets for this week's WGC Dell Technologies match play. Here's hoping you hit the green. We're finished talking. <laughs>